religion is so influential on, I mean, everything, like, from culture and art to the oppression of women. Hello and welcome to Under Her Eye. This podcast is all about women's empowerment and gender equality. We are fucking dismantling the patriarchy up here and we are doing that through education because education is so important and this is all brought to you by me in Sandsfield. I am 17 years old. I do not know shit. I do not. Okay. Hello everybody, welcome back to Under Her Eye. Today's episode is about the influence of religion on the oppression of women and how religion can mean that gender equality, even nowadays, is it's hard to achieve. So we're going to touch briefly on quite a lot of things. I'm definitely going to do more than one episode on this like this is going to be a part one but part two will not be next week i'm gonna like spread it out a little bit because yeah we're gonna start with i mean i think i just need to clear up that i am not throwing i'm i don't want to say i'm not throwing hate at religion because i am i am throwing hate at religion because it's oppressing women but I really don't, I really hope people who are religious who may be listening to this do not take offence because I can, you know, I am not typically religious, um, I'm a spiritual person and I'm not an atheist, like I, I used to be very avid, I'm, I used to be very firm atheist but I'm not anymore but I'm not a typical religious follower either um so I know that gives me a bit of a biased and I am naturally quite opinionated on the negatives of religion but I can see the positives and I think that's why I'm glad that I study it at a level because I do now see the positive influence of religion and I do recognize that this episode isn't gonna be too focused on the positives because I want to highlight the damage it has done in oppressing women since the start of religion. But I will touch on how we can still, how religion can move forward and despite its oppressive history, it can develop from that. And we're also going to touch a little bit on like specific religions and why they may be more sexist, aka Christianity. Uh, yeah, so the first question I have wrote down is, is Christianity sexist? So I do study Christianity, so I know a lot more about that. So if I do another episode, I may research more religions and their history on it. But yeah, the first question is, is Christianity sexist? And I have done a webinar thing on this, like my English, my RS teacher literally made us do a, a webinar on it. So the woman on there, she was Christian and she was a Christian theologian, but she was also a feminist and she was talking about a lot of other Christian feminist theologians and 
They basically, a lot of them come to the same conclusion that Christianity is sexist, but it can be saved from the past sexism and the roots of it. So, in my opinion, Christianity's sexism comes from a man called Augustine. Saint Augustine of Hippo, I believe is his full name. I can't remember his first name. What's his first name? Um, Augustine. His first name? Oh. That is his first name. Okay. So he... Oh no. Oh my gosh. I am not reading his full name. Aurelius Augustinus Hypnoesius. So yeah. Augustine of Hippo, which is... A place that's been renamed in Africa it's no longer called Hippo basically he was alive in 354 to 430 CE and he so he's a 4th century philosopher and he basically made up a lot of the Christian interpretations he was a very literal guy (laughs) he interpreted the bible literally i'm pretty sure oh my god no i'm sorry (laughs) um he believed in original sin as a literal story he believed he believed adam and eve ate from the tree and then they were simple and that is where it all starts because augustine he started right at the beginning of time he believed that yeah, that's humanity is naturally sinful because of Adam and Eve. But he believed that Eve tempted Adam. So he said that the snake tempted Eve and then Eve tempted Ab- Adam. So naturally women are more sinful and a bit more like coercive, I guess. Like they're trying to make men bad. And then he also came up with the theories that like, you know, after after original sin, Eve had pain in childbirth and, like, Adam had to work for food and then, like, they both had very different punishments for original sin and Eve was... And, like, they were both lustful and that comes from Eve. Like, he basically just created a very... A very clear divide and segregation between men and women in the eyes of Christian Christianity and like the belief in God. So yeah, Christianity is pretty fucking sexist. Um I am quite I am quite negative about Christianity. I, I, I am because I just see so many things in it and I'm like, no. And I see the positives. I do see why some people are Christians. But I think when you actually, when I actually learn about it, I'm like, this does not make sense to me. Even though I'm spiritual, I, there's just so many things in the Bible. And that brings us on to our second point that it is so easily, it's so easy for religious texts to be manipulated So even if the Bible isn't necessarily sexist, which it is, it's so easy for people to manipulate that. And that also begs the question, like, can we actually blame religion in itself or do we just blame the people for making it sexist? 
And I think there's definitely room to argue that you should blame the people because, I mean, they're interpreting it. And, I mean, people wrote the Bible. People think that, I mean, it was literal humans that wrote the Bible. So, you know, if you're following on from Augustine's theory, they're flawed. We're all flawed. So, can we blame, can we blame religion or do we blame the people? Or is that the same thing? I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. But I think that's a good a good question to ask yourself. Like, it's very easy to throw around the word religions or whatever institutional thing is a certain way. But do we need to look more at us? And I think it's very I think it's very clear from what I've said about Augustine and other areas that Christianity is sexist, specifically Christianity and because that's what I studied, but also I wrote this thing down earlier that it's mainly monotheistic religions who believe in one God, that's what monotheistic means, that cause the worship of dominant male figures. And I think that is such an interesting point, like when you compare um more eastern religions and like hinduism and buddhism i haven't studied them but i do not think there is the same sexism in that because a lot of those types of religions they actually worship female goddess or just feminine not necessarily female but feminine goddesses and like goddess-esque beings but then when monotheism and christianity and judaism came into the world, I mean, it kind of, it did change a lot of that worshipping of the feminine goddesses and it became a dominant, superior male, masculine idea who was in the clouds. And I there was this, I read this article earlier and it was, I can't remember her name, but she was a radical feminist, but she stated that if God is masculine, if God is associated with masculinity, there is not much hope for equality. Um, and I think that is such a good point. Like, if... Like, there cannot be... I don't think there is... Like, I'm a positive person. But if God is associated with a masculine idea around him, it it just holds that masculine qualities as superior... And if they're held as superior and men on earth, you know, associate with their masculine qualities because they're men or they just associate with them, (laughs) they're going to be seen as more godly like. And I know that's very, a very big transition from they're just being a masculine god. But if you think about it, they're going to associate, a lot of men associate more with a masculine god than women so I really complicated this but men are just going to seem more godlike which means they're going to have this superiority complex and this kind of fits in with like um Freud, Sigmund Freud's um ideas and although he was a bit strange (laughs) and a lot of his work has been discredited he specifically targeted monotheistic religions in his ideas that religion is like a construct of the imagination and 
he basically believes that we psychologically make religion up to appeal to our needs but he also sees the dominant father figure as being very very meaningful because it's like we're looking to this greater being that's superior and men are have been seen as superior and I think you can also ask the question with the regard to like monotheism being more sexist than other religions that aren't monotheistic I can't remember the word for that they're gonna be oh my god I just lost my train of thought give me a minute guys hey guys I'm back I can't remember what I was going to say, but anyway, I'm sorry if I've been going like really quickly. I feel like I said a lot in 10 minutes. I'm sorry, but I'm going to read you something in a minute that I wrote a few weeks ago on Is Christianity Irredeemably Sexist? But it's downstairs, (laughs) so I'm going to read something else first. I found this article on by Fizzy Post and it says this was in 2019 but new psychology research indicates that subtle exposure to religious words can increase benevolent sexism which I find really interesting and it says that um, many judo judo Christian denominations and groups still practice and preach different and unequal roles for men and women both within their religious organisation and outside of it. So this research examines how brief activation of judo-christian concepts both above and below people's awareness influences their endorsement of sexist beliefs and I think that's really important like I think it's not good enough just to notice that religion's sexist like I think it's good to notice that, especially if you're a religious person, like that can be hard to admit that your, the history of your beliefs hold sexist views, but I think there's more to be done and that isn't going to help you, it needs to be about progressing forward and changing that for future people with religion, you know, because I think religion will be around for a long time longer, (laughs) a long time longer that's good English, (laughs) um, yeah, I think, but I think it's about, it's about the subtle, the subtle changes, because it's very easy to say, oh, well, women have more rights now, but that is, that is a common argument for why feminism shouldn't be a thing, but, (laughs) like, what does that even mean, like, you need to do research, and it's the subtle things that maybe priests are teaching or things are being taught in faith schools that need to be addressed because that is getting ingrained and then that becomes inbuilt sexism and we don't like that shit we all have it but not everyone has to have it for the whole of like human times but so from this research they found in four in experiments, which included 384 Belgian participants and 800, I mean, oh, 286 US participants, the researchers found that people primed with religious concepts 
were more likely to agree with statements such as women should be cherished and protected by men. This was true among both theists and atheist participants. So that is so interesting that like if they were given so basically they had to like unscramble sentences that contain religious words. Um and then it says small, even unnoticeable exposure to religious words, especially those associated with superman- supernatural beings like God and angel, may alter your feeling towards women briefly, regardless of your gender or belief in God. So even atheists were very quick to associate words, which, like the words with the religious words with God or benevolence which is so interesting like even briefly being exposed to them so that just proves the influence of religion like if you're brought up in an extremely strict religion that's maybe very takes very literal reading of scripture that is that has such a big impact on your whole life like it really does um what else does it say Specifically, following religious primary, we saw an increase in benevolently sexist beliefs which appeared positive, including items about women being more moral, fragile and artistic compared to men. Interesting. Compared, previous researchers found that endorsement of benevolent sexism undermines both men's and women's support of gender equality. So they do say there are a lot of limitations with the study, um, particularly that it was took it was examined in two countries with relatively low rates of sexism and i mean they're both first world countries aren't they so um but it's interesting because some people would read that and they'd probably be like oh well what's the harm like they're positive words you know saying that women are more artistic and all these things but it still it still creates a gender disparity and that is that that research is also very proving of you know gender identity like that doesn't help people who maybe don't identify with their birth gender or are non-binary like being associated with artistic just because you have a vagina is completely absurd like what is that what is that about so even if it may seem like a positive word it it still creates this inbuilt belief about what women promote and then if you if you believe that and then you come into contact with a woman that's maybe embodies a bit more masculine energy but still identifies as a woman you might be a bit not accepting you're not going to have that accepting abilities because you associate women with this nurturing role which I think religion has perpetuated that women are nurturing and subordinate. Subordinate? Is that the right word? I don't know. Below men. We'll go with that. Inferior. Hey guys, I'm back. It is the next morning because I just forgot to carry on filming. (laughs) No, I just decided I was going to do it this morning. I'm actually doing like a summer school thing in about 20 minutes. So, yeah. It's for like UEL, which is University of East London, and it's a media and journalism summer school, and it's literally like today, tomorrow and Wednesday, because today's Monday, and it's from 10.30 till 
what the fuck have I signed up for? No, I think it'll be alright. Okay, anyway. So, now I'm going to read you some notes that I wrote down from a lecture that I joined online. So, we have a few um, summarisations. I'm just going to read everything that's on here. So, one of the topics was what is sexism? And Elizabeth Johnson summarised it as sexism is the persistent violation of women's humanity and an omnipresent an omnipresent paradigm of unjust relationships okay that second one is such a complicated sentence but i like the first one persistent violation of women's humanity i really like that actually and then Rosemary Radford Rufer described sexism as the gender privilege of males over females. That's quite a nice, simple one. Everyday examples, women, footballers. I definitely want to do an episode on sport because, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> um, the workplace, becoming bishops, priests. Oh my God, that was something I didn't mention that I was supposed to yesterday, that women still cannot become priests in the catholic church so i think oh also sorry if you can hear the rain i think the ideas that the church is becoming less sexist and more inclusive i think it is doing but it's got so much more work to do like just the fact that a woman can't become a priest is just it it you know that is perpetuating it still that that is a clear divide why can they not become priests um and then this person doing the lecture i'm really sorry i don't know her name she also said about original sin because this was from a faith perspective of christianity being sexist and then daphne hampson believes that for a feminist to be christian is indeed for her to swallow a fishbone it must stick in her throat. I think that is a very interesting concept. And I think if you're following traditional Christian beliefs and you're not actively trying to make Christianity more feministic, then that is true, in my opinion. And then next we have Christianity. Christianity is historical. This time was patriarchal. Bible is androcentric, male-centred. Ma- male God became flesh in Jesus. Male. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well. It's not just about the idea that God is a superior male, like embodies masculinity. I don't want to say male, but embodies masculinity. I think it's also the fact that, you know, with the Trinity, like... Jesus is literally like censored to Christianity. It's literally called Christ, Christianity. And Jesus, you know, is God on earth and he chose, apparently, a male body, you know? And then there's a question, is Daphne Hampson right that Christian, that a feminist Christian is following, is, is swallowing a fishbone? And this woman doing the talk, it was actually with, oh my God, what university was it? Chester University, that's where it was with. And I'm really sorry, I don't know her name, but she was a lecturer there. And she believed that Christianity is living so it can evolve. 
and feminism is also not static and that Christianity has changed beliefs regarding homosexuality, slavery and that they can change their beliefs around sexism. And I think that is a good point, but I think you can also then bring into the question, what is the point of Christianity being Christianity if it's just going to evolve? Like, part of religion is that it's historic. Like, is it supposed to evolve or should we just move on to something else that is more suitable? Should we develop something more suitable for this world now than just try to change something that doesn't fit it? If that makes sense. Um, sexism is not good thing with sexism. Not just a matter of reason. There is a reason women in particular are. Do Christians have to believe that Jesus, the man, is the only expression of God in time? I think that is important, but a lot of Christians aren't gonna take that view because. Christianity is a Christocentric religion and, you know, Jesus is so important, like a lot of theologians rely so heavily on Jesus to make Christianity seem superior to other religions because a lot of Christians will say, well, you know, Buddhism haven't had this Jesus coming down to them. You know, we've actually had God in the flesh, part of God in the flesh. So I do not think many Christians are going to say that Jesus is not... I mean, they might believe that there's other expressions of God in time, but I think they're going to maintain that Jesus is very high up there. Um, So Rosemary Radford Roofer believes that... It is not the maleness of Jesus that is to be focused on. Jesus of the synoptic gospels is remarkably compatible with feminism. Jesus is a liberator and represents new humanity. And I think that has its place. That it's about the goodness of Jesus that's supposed to be looked at. But I don't think it's possible for for us to see jesus to not focus on his maleness like what is the point of jesus being a human form if you're not supposed to focus on his of of on his being like what was the point of him being here and obviously i'm kind of looking at it from someone who believes in it right now because i don't but i'm trying to give that like you know um so a summary is there is a clear argument that christianity is sexist some scholars argue it is irredeemably sexist um while others argue it is not as sexist as firstly seen and it can be focused on in other ways to liberate women because Jacqueline Grant believed that Jesus is God and a strong aspect of the story God understands oppression and suffering comfort to black women so uh, Jacqueline Grant I believe that she's a woman of well she's a woman of color and she is a christian theologian and so i think that's a good point that you know jesus experienced from a religious point of view like christians believe jesus experienced you know a lot of oppression and suffering you know he was put on the cross um 
So she sees that as showing that God understands oppression because Jesus is God, if that makes sense. And then she also believes that black women's humanity is not only diminished by sexism, but by racism and classism, which is true. Like, it's not just sexism that plays part in oppression, especially for women of colour. And then, and then she believes that the concept of humanity has been racialized. Black women must claim humanity themselves. Black women's tri-dimensional experience of oppression, racism, sexism, classism. I wish I would have expanded on that because I think that's really a good point. And I want to Google this woman now. That's, that's a really good point. So then I summarised her point as... Jacqueline Grant disagrees that Christianity is irredeemably sexist. Her main point of argument is that although Jesus is male, he understands pain, suffering and oppression, so therefore so does God. So she's coming from a point of view that, okay, maybe there's a historic sexism in Christianity, but it's not irredeemably sexist. And it's also not just sexism that plays part. And I think she also brings up a point of, with the point of classism and racism, you know, even if Christianity ceases to exist or it never existed, there would probably still be all them things. They would still exist, but just not sexist part, not from a religious point. Um, I also just have this like point that I thought of like last week, and I was thinking about the comparison between like atheists and Christians. And I was reading about this scholar for my uh, A-level and he basically said that, I, I can't remember his name, he basically said that atheists cause just as much, if not more, suffering. Oh my God, can you hear that, Laurie? As much suffering as Christians. But then I was like, yeah, but atheism doesn't claim to be rooted in love like Christianity does. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And I'm not saying because I know that I know that religion can really, really benefit people. I know that. Um but I just think that is and if everyone with a if everybody was atheists, I think this world would be kind of boring. Like without the concept of religion, I don't know if I would have found my spirituality. Which I think's you know, a good point because I know that I at this point in my life, don't resonate re- resonate with religions I've come across, but I know that I've related to spirituality that I've come across. Um, but a lot of spiritual practices have come from religion, and you know, spiritualism is classed as a religion, which I actually didn't know. But I I don't at this moment identify as religious. But anyway, I started talking about me there. Um, I think that's everything. I'm definitely going to do another episode on this topic because I find it so interesting and I don't really know where I stand with, like, should religion be a thing? Like, you know, I'm I'm doing a project in photography on religion. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I'm literally obsessed with religion, but I'm not religious. What? What? Um, I just find it so interesting and I see it from, like, a psychological point of view as well because I'm a bit outside of it I see I see it all I see it all but yeah I'm, I'm doing a project on in photography on religion um so I'm going to take photos of like religious people and like contrast the different religions 
So that'll be very interesting. I'm really excited for that. Okay, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow the podcast and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that's what everyone says. I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. (laughs) I say bye so awkwardly. I am sorry.